podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. Boom, the boys are back, and it's time to get ready for K-State Baylor. Time to put that Texas game behind us and get rocking and rolling. Uh, I, I will say, and, and we'll, we'll touch on it on uh, the Thursday Whip Around show, I will talk about both the K-State men's and women's basketball team, and hopefully we will have time to touch at least on that men's game during the live show if you're listening to this on release day on wednesday we'll be going live 7 p.m on spotify live myself and chauncey bosco the wonder pup who is very active i'm sure you're probably going to hear him a time or two during this episode he's mad at me because i went to that k-state uh men's basketball game the beginning of the jerome tang era uh, caught the end of the women's game as well. He's mad at me that I left him alone. Didn't get back until just about midnight. Uh, so he's mad at me. He might yell at me during this show, but hey, that's what a good co-host will do. Um, absolute big one on Saturday. Um, it's time to kind of stop being in our feels about that Texas game. It's time to stop, uh, you know, harping on that. Still, everything we want can be obtained. Yes, going to have to thread some needles. Yes, we're going to need a little help, but it isn't anything uh, impossible. Again, there are no, uh, there there is no, you know, USA versus the Soviets hockey team. You know, nothing is that improbable. Um you know, if you look at things, you really need either TCU to absolutely collapse down the stretch or Texas to slip up once. Um, and again, I, I think Texas is going to be maybe, but I mean, they're a touchdown favorite. By the time that game kicks off, they might be a double digit point favorite. They'll be double digit favorites when they go to Lawrence next week, and they'll probably be double digit favorites hosting Baylor. Uh, on Black Friday, but um, we, we've set, seen Texas drop games before. And hell, I'm going to say this: it, it, even if we don't make it to Arlington, win out, have a nine and three regular season, get to a big time bowl game, win that big time bowl game, finish season ten three, you're going to finish top fifteen again. Th- there's been a lot of angst over the last three four days amongst K State fans about you know. Uh, the season being wasted and oh, it's all over. I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth, guys. Couldn't be further from the truth. I'm pumped. Um, I'm not going to be going down to Waco. I flirted with the idea, but I'll be watching that at home. So I'm going to be an absolute wreck. Hate watching games on TV. Um, just, oh, it makes it even tougher. 
<laughs> it, it, it makes it tough watching games on TV, but I will be doing that. It's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a lot of fun. This is what college sports is all about. As I've said one time, I'll say it a million times. This is what college sports is all about. And I'll tell you this, the only upside of not going to the game is I'll be able to be drinking the best tasting and most refreshing craft beer in the entire state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. I grabbed some Tang Time to bring back to Shawnee with me when I was in Manhattan on Monday night, and it is delicious. It is a great, I, I think it's a you know zesty, a fruit forward type IPA, very approachable. But if IPAs aren't your thing, you're in luck because they always have like 10, 12, 15 different beers on tap. They have all sorts of different beers to get four packs to go. It's the best. Get in there, grab the best craft beer in the entire state of Kansas, tell them Bosco's Boys sent you, and then the next time you're in your local liquor store, if they're not carrying Manhattan Brewing Company, tell them to. Tell them they need to be carrying the best and most refreshing craft beer in the entire state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. All right, let's get into uh, the press conference. I'll I'll say this about uh, the press conference. Um... I think you can always tell the mood of Chris Kleiman, and I don't know if he he thinks his back is up against the wall or if that loss took a toll on him or anything like that. There were no jokes, not a lot of smiles. It was a much more stoic. It was a much more I don't want to say serious because he's always a serious guy, um, but 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 it was a stoic Chris Kleiman. He wasn't joking around with the media members. He wasn't laughing. Uh, he was smiling maybe just a little bit right beforehand. I think the guy's focused. Um, it's frustrating. I And you can tell it's frustrating for him to have come out and gotten that or received that loss uh, right after probably one of the best games in the Chris Kleiman era. Um, the one thing I will say, uh, at least this season, We've had great games following the losses. You know, after the Tulane loss, we got Oklahoma. After the TC loss, the Oklahoma State game. So, uh, going down to Waco, another night game. Um, and it's another team he hasn't beaten. Uh, you know, Texas and Baylor are the only two teams that he has not, you know, gotten a dub over. Um, so, you know, that's probably. Maybe a little bit on his mind as well. I'm a little surprised he wasn't asked about it. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 a big one. It is still a big one. And here's the other thing. Baylor has found themselves right back in the Big 12 title race as well. If they win out, I believe they're in uh, Arlington. I think, I'm pretty sure Baylor currently controls their own destiny. So this is going to be as big time of an atmosphere as Baylor can have at Waco. Um, it's I don't think it's ever going to be a house. It's never going to be like a hornet's nest or anything like that. But it'll be a good atmosphere. Um, and it's a big one. Um, Chris Kleiman kind of kicked things off talking about how uh, after a game like that, you have to talk about the positives. You have to talk about the negatives. But he's confident that the team is going to bounce back. Again, they have bounced back every time this year. Um, and it is something that there used to be a little bit worrying. The first two years of the climbing era, uh, there was never isolated losses. 
losses always came in bunches. So uh, you really can't let this game beat you again. Um, they're going to have to get back in it. Um, Malik and Cade Warner will not be practicing on Tuesday. They hope to have them back, even in a limited sense, on Wednesday. But they, they're they probably going to be playing on Saturday. I think something that probably, looking back on that Texas game, I think maybe, fo- maybe saying folks forget, but something that has to be remembered is I don't think Malik Knowles played at all in that fourth quarter. Um, and that hurts because he's your biggest home run hitter at wide receiver. Um, talked about how RJ Garcia and uh, JJ are going to have to step up. Uh, transfer JJ, he is going to redshirt, um, but he's going to transfer. And if they need to be called, if he needs to be called on, he's ready to go. Sounded like Seth Porter is also going to be the next man up. I'm going to say this: this this isn't anything. Uh, from Chris Kleiman's press conference, but it's something I've noticed the last couple games, or the last two games, the Oklahoma State game and the Texas game. He's still wearing the number one, and he still wears, or he still practices with the wide receivers during pregame warmups. but Keenan Garber no longer, once the game starts, is with the wide receivers or Thad Ward. He's around the defensive backs and Van Malone the entire game. Uh, So I know there were a few people uh, tweeting, few people posting about, oh, you know, uh, where's Keenan Garber? Where's Keenan Garber? It seems to me, if I'm putting a detective hat on, he's no longer playing wide receiver. It looks to me like he is playing defensive back. Um, So I I had heard some whispers about that a little bit earlier in the year. Uh, And then the last two games, I've really kind of been focused in on him on the sideline and he is nowhere near any of the offense players. When the offense is on the field, he's on the bench standing behind the cornerbacks, listening to Van Malone talk. So I think Keenan Garber actually is no longer a wide receiver. Uh, He was asked specifically about the quarterbacks and he said that they still have a plan on how to handle the quarterbacks and how to handle Will Howard's future. Um, he also talked about how part of the reason why Will wants to keep his red shirt is he wants to be able to play a full season. Uh, the first two seasons he hasn't been able to. He's been coming in for Skyler. Um, so that's how he phrased it up. Again, last week, and if you guys haven't done it, go to the EMA online YouTube account. In the press availability, Will Howard's the one who wants to be red shirting. Um, I don't think this is something that the staff is trying to push on him. Um, Will is a competitor. He wants to be out there and play, but I think a large part of him wants to hold on to his red shirt. I I think that is 100% the reason why you saw Jake Rubley in cleanup duty. I think that is why ultimately you will not see Will Howard, um, you know, this week versus Baylor. I, I think unless something happens to Adrian. That's my thought. Those are my opinions. Uh, Chris Kleiman did say him and Colin Klein uh, will have conversations with Adrian and with Will to figure out what the game plan is going to be versus Baylor. Would I say there's a 0% chance they roll with Will? No. I I think it's a greater than zero. But again, you guys listen to me during the post-game show, the game review. You guys listen to me during the Q&A show. 
I don't think Will Howard is the answer to try to get these wins. I think Adrian Martinez still gives you the best chance to win. I was arguing with a handful more people on Twitter just this morning. Um, and arguing is probably not the correct word. Everyone can have their opinion. And again, um, Will Howard play, has played well enough in those six quarters um, to, to basically say, hey, look, it, it is a real conversation. I, I'm not going to turn my nose up at anyone who is trying to make that argument. I adamantly disagree. I think that you are, if that is your opinion, I think you have just decided, hey, nope, I'm, I'm rocking with the backup quarterback. That's just what I'm going to do. Um, but again, Will Howard has given enough ammunition to anyone who wants to try to make those arguments. Uh, when, when talking about the Baylor team, he talked about how their offense is a great complement to their defense. They're able to grind out the clock. They're able to hold on, play ball, uh, big time possession at times. And then they're also able to hit big home runs. Uh, and he had a lot of great words for Blake Shapen and the Baylor running attack. I'll say this. I I'm not scared of, I'm not scared of Baylor throwing the ball. I am much more worried about their running attack. Blake Shapen's fine. And even when he's rolling, throwing the ball or even when he's rolling it's not necessarily him throwing the ball it's him being a little bit of movement him kind of finding a little gap in making a uh run i mean he he's he's thrown 13 touchdowns six interceptions um and, and I, I was probably overrating his ability to run i mean he has 135 yard run he's at, he had two touchdowns but I think he got out of the pocket a couple times on K-State last year, and that's kind of what's sticking in my head. But again, just last week versus Oklahoma, he only had 132 yards. You know, he had zero touchdowns, one interception. Versus KU, he got picked off twice. Versus Oklahoma State, he got picked off twice. This isn't a quarterback that I'm overly worried about. I'm not. I... I just believe that this is going to be another game. To, and again, I I understand Chris Kleiman is trying to be nice. He, he's not going to run down a quarterback. But Richard Reese is probably the third or fourth best running back in the Big 12. And then they still have a guy, Craig Williams, who... Went off for like almost 200 yards versus Oklahoma. 192 yards versus Oklahoma and two touchdowns. You know, I the, the Baylor offensive line knows how to run block. They know how to get things done. I think Richard Reese must have been banged up versus Oklahoma. He only had four carries. But again, he, he's a guy who has 800 yards and 13 touchdowns on the season. I'm not worried about Blake Shapen, and quite frankly, I, I, I kind of wonder if Oklahoma, or if Baylor fans think they made the right decision when it comes to quarterback. But ultimately, their success is not going to be throwing the ball or Blake Shapen. It's going to be running the ball. You know, they had 281 yards rushing versus Oklahoma, 38-35. And again, after a slow start to the season, losing to BYU barely beating Iowa State, losing to Oklahoma State, maybe being West Virginia's only conference win, um, 
they took care of business versus KU. They kicked Texas Tech's ass, and then they were able to win at Oklahoma. So this is a salty team, and again, uh, they, they were the preseason favorites to win the Big 12, the betting favorites to win the Big 12. Um, and they're right back in this race. They have to be thinking to themselves, all right, all we have to do all we have to do is win out and we're in Arlington. And this is a dangerous team running the ball. So again, all, all due respect to Chris Kleiman, all due respect to Blake Shapin, I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about that running attack. Baylor also, Chris Kleiman pointed out, they play very tight man coverage that makes it so if the quarterback makes a mistake in throwing the ball, uh, they're going to pick it off. They're able to get balls in the air. They're able to tip, tip it. They're able to take the ball away. I'll say this. I think that leaves them to susceptible to double moves, to some big plays. And then also, here's the other thing. In scrambled drills, all of a sudden, if they're trying to play that tight a man, Adrian Martinez is able to extend the play running the ball. Adrian will be capable of taking an 80-yard run for a touchdown on a passing play that just breaks down. That's a whole nother reason why I think Adrian Martinez could have an absolutely massive game versus Baylor. Uh, they they were asked, Chris Common was asked about tackling and you know how much they can do it in practice. He he mentioned that you know they try to simulate some things, but trying to protect players' shoulders, all that type of stuff. Um, and really, they have to focus on getting multiple helmets to the ball on uh, on defense. I mean, I'll, I'll say this again. I, I have a theory. I think every team, every fan thinks their team is the worst tacklers in college football because that's the one team you're watching closely every single week. I do think K-State versus TCU and versus Texas um, – it was the amount of yards after contact given up or the reason why they lost both of those games, why we lost both of those games. And Baylor and their two running backs, which I guess, you know, uh, you know, I because I I don't I, I have not watched a lot of Baylor games live. Uh apparently <laughs> apparently the the Squirrel Williams you know, I, I was calling him Craig Williams. Apparently, his nickname is Squirrel. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so Squirrel Williams and, you know, Reese, both of those guys are going to be more than capable of breaking tackles and having big-time long runs. They're both capable of those home run hit, like, runs after first contact. So I agree with Chris Kleiman. We're going to have to have multiple hats around the ball. But I, look, folks, I would I would like to see us actually uh, wrap up and tackle again. Um, it worked out because you know it, it was it was the reason why we got that second forced fumble. But we're leaving the feet. We're lunging. We're trying to go for the hard hit every single time. I think it goes with that aggressive nature of this defense. But you know it, it, it it's putting it's putting us in some bad situations. Again, you leave your feet, you're allowing the running back to you know stay on theirs, bounce it out and pick up another 15. I really hope this is the week where we see the lineback basically the entire team 
be a little bit more sound tackling and not be giving up these ungodly yards after contact numbers. Chris Kleiman was asked specifically about starting to uh, call fair catches on kickoff team because, uh, quite frankly, kickoff return team has not been great this year. and It, it was very poor versus Texas. Chris Kleiman said when you have Phillip Brooks and when you have Malik Knowles and you practice as much as we do, you're not going to do that. He specifically said they, they see some stuff and he thinks they can exploit something this upcoming week. I sure hope so because, again, you, you spend all that time. You talk about how much effort you put into special teams. Eventually, it has to start being a net positive. He came close to a block punt. Um, Ty Zentner kicking the ball very well, but uh, it's, been, it's, it's been a while since he really had a massive play in the return game. So hopefully we see that return versus Baylor. Um, he, he was asked about Julius Brents in the targeting call. He said it was targeting, uh, said that he understands why they're trying to get it out of the game. Uh, but he then said he wasn't sure what Julius could have done. I, I tend to agree with him. Um, it, it was targeting by the rule, but, but there wasn't a lot of strike zone available to Julius Brents. Luckily we'll get him for the entire game, but he did go on to talk about how Parrish played well as a true freshman, uh, when he was asked about him, but he, he, he said that when you lose Julius Brents, one of your best tacklers, best coverage guys, um, that was something that was going to be a major negative for them. And, And I agree. I, I, the way Brents has been hitting all season long, I, I thought it was probably a matter of time. Hopefully we can avoid that rest of the season because having Brent's out there, not just in coverage, again, he is one of your best tacklers. He's had his misses, but he's been good. He's been grabbing a few uh, tackle for losses, about one a game. So, again, in a game that ended up being that close like it was versus Texas and how close this game is going to be versus Baylor, it's going to be absolutely massive for him to be on the field and be performing. That's about all I took from uh, Chris Kleiman's press conference. Again, uh, you, you could tell he, he was in a very serious mood, um, a, a stark contrast to what we've seen most of the season. So uh, I, I think he's really dialed in. I'm hoping it's going to result in a big-time win. Uh, before we get t- to talk a little bit more about the game, remember we have teamed up with Charlie Hustle once again to bring Wildcat fans the freshest game day year-round. Whether you're living it up with friends in Aggieville or across this great state of Kansas or catching a game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium or the Octagon of Doom, Charlie Hustle has the best K-State gear for you and your squad. Shop at charliehustle.com or visit the Kansas City store on the Country Club Plaza as well as checking out select retailers in the Manhattan area. Shop Charlie Hustle's K-State collection today. I, I, I talked about it up front. Um, and this is a massive game, and it is the crossroads of the season. This is the first game all season where K-State does not control their own destiny uh, for what they wanted to accomplish, which is getting to Arlington. And I think this is probably the biggest test of fortitude for the guys in that locker room. You know, last week going into that game, you're hearing all week, oh, you know, you're you're back in the top 20. You're back in the top 15. You're one win away from having one foot in Arlington, Texas. Oh, you're playing the big, bad Texas Longhorns. You're hearing all that type of stuff. 
then now you lose and seemingly all the air has been let out of the balloon. You know, you, you see a lot of infighting among amongst the K-State fans. All of a sudden you're not being talked about on ESPN. College football podcasts aren't bringing you up. Um, a lot of that love, a lot of that attention just disappeared. So are, is this team going to be able to have a second act? Is this team going to be able to dust themselves off and look themselves in the mirror and bounce back? Because it's one thing to bounce back when you can look at the schedule and say, hey, look, we still control everything. Are they going to be able to block out the outside noise? Are they going to be able to step up to the plate and say, hey, look, it doesn't matter that we no longer control our own destiny. We just need to go out there and perform. We just need to go out there and win. Again, it's it has to be a weird feeling. Again, how, playing that game for the first time and knowing that, hey, even if we win out, it might not be enough. Now, This is me, random fan, on a podcast talking. These are high-level collegiate football athletes. Um, you got to think they're more mentally tough when it comes to this sport than any of us fans. Hopefully, that does prove out to be true. And instead of having this mentality that I find myself in... They're saying, hey, it doesn't matter. You only get 12 football games. We're going to go out there and we're going to kick some ass no matter what. I think that's the mentality that you probably need to have if you're a high-level college football athlete. Me? No. I was a mid-level at best high school center at a school that went 5-4 and four the two years I was on varsity. You know, I I don't have that mentality. I, I'm a guy who works from home at a secret day job and has a fan podcast talking about college kids playing sports at my alma mater. You know, I I, I shouldn't be questioning any sort of men, mentality by these guys. And and truthfully, I'm I'm not questioning. I'm not saying they don't have it, but but it is it, it is a game. It's it's uh for the first time all season. You know, we are now three-fourths of the way through the season, 75% through the season, where as fans or as players, you're sitting here and saying, okay, well, even if everything goes right, it might not get us to where we want to be. So you got to hope that the leadership and the fortitude inside that locker room is better than all of us random fans uh, who are putting a, a lot of emotional investment into college kids playing a game. Because we're all fanatics. Uh, I, I look at Adrian Martinez and, and, and I now am asking myself, okay, can this guy bounce back? Because the Texas game, and, and again, there's two episodes of me talking about how I, I think Adrian Martinez is the best option for us to win. I think it was the right call. There's two episodes of that. I'm not going to rehash it. But you know, there's K-State fans who are saying it. And, you know, I'd forgive the kid if all of a sudden it starts creeping in his head. You know, here he is, close to 400 yards of total offense, two touchdowns, and all the fans are pissed off at him because he had a couple turnovers and we lost the game. 
Can he make sure he bounces back and doesn't fall into this trap, his own mental trap of deja vuing and transforming back to when he was wearing red and white instead of purple and silver? You know, I, I would, I'd forgive the kid if it was popping in his head. I mean, absolutely brutal to play as well as you did. You have a couple of mistakes that that do ultimately end or help. You know the the loss on the score sheet. It sucks, but you know I'm sure that is something that he's having to think about. And I hope Chris Klein and I hope Colin Klein can be there right there and be like, get that out of your head and set him up for success versus a pretty good Baylor defense. You know, they're upper middle class of the Big 12 in defense. I would love to see Deuce get going again uh, anytime he goes back down into Texas. We have a bunch of those Texas kids. This is the last time we're playing a Texas school for this year. I'd like to see the Texas kids ball out a little bit. I'd like to I'd like to see Felix and DK Uzama not get held and then make a bunch of big time plays. Again, you need the big time players to make big time plays in big time games. Every game from here on out is absolutely massive. It's absolutely a big time game. And you listen to Cade Warner, you listen to Deuce Vaughn, you listen to these leaders on this team, and they really do need to take the reins. Because the motivation, the bounce back ability isn't going to be coming from the fans. The coaches are going to coach, but it's going to have to come from inside that locker room. And again, we're going to see one of those tests uh, to see where they're at, to see if they can bounce back. You know, what about Julius Brents? Him leaving that game took a lot of wind out of the sails of the stadium and of the defense. One of your best players, a guy who is being deemed an NFL draft prospect. How does he balance back? How does he come back, make some big plays, kind of ride for his squad after having to leave that game early last week? Can Malik Knowles get back healthy? Can the offensive line do a little bit better job not giving all that pressure on the inside? Because, again, I think we've gone three straight weeks playing the best defensive front Six or seven, you know, basically the defensive lines. The three best defensive lines in the Big 12 or three out of the four because I think K-State's is up there. Oklahoma State, Texas, and Baylor. This is going to be another massive test for Hayden Gillum, Hadley Panzer, Cooper Beebe. Can KT Lev... And Christian Duffy, both of them had some false start penalties in some big-time moments. Can we avoid having to play from behind? Because, again, that's something we haven't had to do hardly at all this year. You know, the Tulane takes the lead late. Most of these games where we win, we're getting out early. TCU, yeah, they, they got up early a little bit, but, hey, we stormed back. We had the lead for... Almost the entire first half, even after get, you know getting behind. I think momentum has a lot to do with it. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I've been very adamant about if you win the toss, defer. But if momentum's going to be that big of a deal, 
go ahead and take the ball. You know, it, it will be interested, interesting to see how they get that running game going again. I, I think that Baylor plays such a sound game on the defensive front. I think trying to get them with read options, trying to do all the window dressing with uh, motions isn't going to be a big thing. I think ultimately the offensive line are going to have to challenge each other and say, hey, look, it's going to be us moving them and try to bust Deuce for a big one. And when we get our shots and make the big plays, when we go for it on fourth down, we're going to have to convert. And speaking of going for it on fourth down, I think we're going to see Baylor go for it on fourth down quite a bit. I think once they pass the 50-yard line, I would just anticipate them going for fourth down unless they're in a got-to-kick-it situation. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be under the lights. A lot of the advanced metrics have us as pretty even teams. Uh, ESPN's uh, football power index doesn't. They have Baylor 65% chance to win it. I think that's obscene. Uh, The line is settling in around five points, I believe. Last time I checked, it was just about five points at all of your legal sports books. Oh, wait. Today it has fallen. It it is down to Baylor minus two and a half. So Baylor still favored it. But it's coming back towards the middle. So we'll see what it closes at on Saturday. It's going to be a big one, folks. I know that this has been one of the uh, not-so-great ramblings uh, for a game. But, you know, I, I'm still I'm still getting my sea legs back underneath me. It, it, it again, uh, you know, that, that three-game stretch... Um, where if, if you win two out of those three, you're basically in Arlington. We went one and two. That 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 took a lot lot out of me. Again, I, I I'm right there in that same fanatic boat with all of you. So I'm still bouncing back. Uh, we'll get to the keys to V. Uh, but before we do, remember if you if you want to bet on K State, if you want to bet on the Chiefs, K State basketball, go to P- Points Bet USA. If you use the link in the description of this episode not only are you going to be helping out bosco's boys if you're listening to this i think you're a fan if you if you want to help bosco's boys go to the link in the show notes in the description of this episode sign up over at points bet usa not only are you going to be helping us out if you place a ten dollar wager Send a screenshot to the Google form that I'm linking you to. You're going to get an awesome K-State We Ride t-shirt designed by our very own Will Dubois over at To The Ville. That will be sent to you just in time for the Christmas season. So let's get to the keys to V. The number one key to V, remember who you are. You know... It can go a million different spots. Remember who you are to Adrian Martinez. Remember who you are when you put on purple. You're not that guy who was up in Lincoln, Nebraska. You are the K-State Adrian Martinez, who's a home run hitter, who up until last week could not turn the ball over, and an absolutely electric quarterback. I don't think he needs to hear it from me. Again, he almost had 400 yards of total offense last week. He had two touchdowns. 
It's not just him. Cooper Beebe. You're being mocked, a mock draft, you know, top three rounds. Be that All-American offensive lineman. Deuce Vaughn, consensus All-American. Malik Knowles, the crib god. Phillip Brooks, all-conference returner. Julius Brintz, one of the best corners in the conference. Echo Boydo, the best combination. Felix Amudike Uzama, future first-rounder. Defensive player of the year candidate. We need the stars to remember who they are and come out firing. The second one is limit their rushing attack. Again, I'm not scared of Blake Shapin. I don't think he is a top half of the Big 12 quarterback. They have two running backs who on any given night that we've seen, they have two quarter running backs who can go for 200 yards in a game. And they've proved it this year. That is going to be a dangerous running attack. And they want to run the ball. This could be a game, you know, it's kicking off at like six. This is a game that could last like two and a half, three hours. This could be one of the quickest Big 12 games of the year. Because both these teams at their core want to run the ball. So if you can force them to play behind schedule, force them to have to throw the ball Allow Felix to pin his ears back and let your defensive backs make plays. K-State is going to be in a good position. The next one, make your own momentum and capitalize on it. We we saw the defense come up with some big-time turnovers. We saw the offense have some big plays, but they weren't always capitalizing getting six on them. So when you have momentum, grasp it, don't let it go, and make sure you're getting into the end zone. Make sure you're getting the six points. And the final key to V, breathe. Relax. Again, it, I, I, I am pretty confident that the team has a lot more composure than us fans. But again, after... Two losses out of your last three games like they had. And seeing which in between, absolute ass-kicking of Oklahoma State. Everything has to be haywire at this point. Refocus on the goal. Play mistake-free football. And I think we're going to get the win. I think K-State will have to make mistakes for Baylor to come out in front. So if we relax, we just breathe, just take it in. I think we're going to come away as the champions. All right, before we get to our game predictions, remember we are part of the 1012 network, so be sure to check out all the great shows in the network. And we're still part of Sports Drink. Don't you worry. Check out everything there. They just had some pretty big news. Check out Sports Drink on Twitter for the massive announcement. I think it's pretty cool. Last week was the worst week in the history of the Pick'em. The Boneheads went 6-9. and nine. Nice. But I went 3-12. and 12. I only got three correct predictions out of all 15 games last week. The Boneheads are now within three. I'm 91-44. and 44. The Boneheads are 88-47. and 47. 
Let's get into it. KU at Texas Tech. Congrats to KU capitalizing on an absolute mash unit, walking dead Oklahoma State team to get to six wins. They are four-point favor or underdogs going to Texas Tech. Texas Tech trying to figure it out after you know looking hot at a couple different points this season. They are sputtering, just a little bit of sputtering. I have Texas Tech. The Boneheads have Texas Tech, sixty-eight percent. But again, there isn't an outcome possibility that would surprise me in that one. Oklahoma going to West Virginia. Uh, you know, I I keep predicting it. I think eventually we're going to see Neil Brown lose his job. Um, I think Oklahoma could, and, and again, I hope it doesn't happen because I had a prediction. I, I said a couple different spots that I predicted uh, Neil Brown loses his job after losing to K-State. So I hope he doesn't get fired after this Oklahoma game, but I think there's a chance Oklahoma just spanks him and West Virginia has enough and Neil Brown gets fired. Um, Boneheads have Oklahoma 79%. I am rocking with Oklahoma as well. West Virginia traveling to Oklahoma State. What's going on in Stillwater? What's going on in Stillwater? I I know nothing. Um Boneheads of Oklahoma State, 54%. Look, I hate doing this. I wish Oklahoma State wasn't making me do this, but I'm picking Iowa State. I think Oklahoma State is about to pack up the tent on this season. I could see them just absolutely just rolling over. Just rolling over. I mean, they might lose out. They might lose out. After that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game last year, I think Oklahoma might beat them 90-40. to 40. <laughs> I think Iowa State gets it done. TCU going to Texas. Now, assuming things go the way we want them to in our game, and this is going on at the same time, this is an evening game, I'm going to have an eye on this one. Texas touchdown favorites opened up at a touchdown. College football, college game day is going to be there. ESPN is going to be there. It is still holding strong at Texas minus seven. The Boneheads, though, have TCU 61%, not me. I have Texas. I have Texas winning that. Uh, Wisconsin at Iowa. Boneheads have Wisconsin. I have Wisconsin as well, and I think after the game, Jim Leonard gets named as the full-time head coach at the Wisconsin Badger football program. LSU at Arkansas. LSU only a field goal favorite. Uh, Boneheads of LSU, 84%. I'm also going with the Tigers, the Bayou Bengals. Alabama at Ole Miss. Uh, Boneheads have Alabama, 74%. I have Alabama as well. Uh, Apparently... College football or college game day was thinking about going to Central Florida to Lane, but Central Florida they looked a little dicey last week. They looked a little dicey last week. So our friends, the Tulane Green Wave, will just be hosting them on regular TV. Uh, UCF only a four point underdog. I think this is going to be a really good game. This is 2.30 on ESPN2. I, I take it back. Tulane's only a two-point favorite. 
Um, that's going to be a matchup of two top 20 teams. I'm going with Tulane. Boneheads have a lot of confidence. They have Tulane 90%. East Carolina at Cincinnati. Boneheads have Cincinnati. So do I. Louisiana Tech at UTSA. I'm going with the Roadrunners. Meep, meep. Appalachian State at Marshall. Boneheads have App State. I'm going with Marshall. A little maction happening tonight, Wednesday night. Kent State at Bowling Green. Boneheads have Bowling Green 67%. I'm going with Bowling Green as well. Uh, No, screw it. No, I'm going to go with Kent State. I'll go head-to-head with the Boneheads. I'll go Kent State. I'll back the Golden Flashes. There we go. And then K-State at Baylor. The Boneheads, 93% confident in the Cats. I think we're going to win as well. I think we're going to bounce back. I think we're going to win this one 28-24. I I think we get it done. I think we play a good game. I think we play a mistake-free game, a relatively mistake-free game. I think we force our first turnover away from home in this game as well. I think... uh, I think they score a touchdown late to make it look a little bit closer. I think it's, you know, 28-17 late and Baylor gets a touchdown uh, with like under two minutes left. You know, it's one of those, okay, we, we kind of just let it happen after uh, we we go up 28-17, to 17, something like that. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Let me know your prediction. Let me know your thoughts. Let's chat tonight, Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Spotify Live to get your thoughts so for chauncey bosco the wonder pup manhattan brewing company and charlie hustle we love you guys and go cats we're thankful for the reasons it's the best part of the fall the crossover of seasons football and basketball Thank you very much for giving. Sports Social Podcast Network.